that countdown. Five, four, you better strap yourself in. Three, two, buckle up, motherfucker, fucker. Five, wait, why'd you go back to five? It's time for the Dan Fogler 4D Experience Podcast. <laughs> This is a very special thing, man. Well, for, for the record, I'm not being recorded. Do you want me to be in the mix as well? Yes. Okay. Hey. For the beginning, there's a little talking I need to do to you before we call him. Okay, I'm in the mix. Jesus Christ. I, you... know, I know you're very excited, Dan, to be back doing this again. <sighs> That's not the only reason. All right. We're back here in New York. We're in the booth at Pro Media, and we're actually doing this. I have Chad Chaim Dugatz, and he's <laughs> doing the boards. And I'm really... Chad? Yes. I feel like this is a turning moment, a, a very special moment for the 4D experience, Dan Fogler's 4D experience. Um, Why is that? Because I don't want you to give anything away. I want, it's going to be a surprise. Mm-hmm. It's going to be... I, I, um, but I saw... I, I feel like a semi-professional interviewer slash, like, person of the press today. Yeah, you are media. I am media, but in the best fucking sense of the word, after seeing this movie, The Post, that I just saw, I just, I just saw The Post, um, and I feel like, 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 God, God forbid, a little professional, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and because of the person that we're gonna call in a, in a little bit, mm-hmm. we'll get to that in a second. I, I, I'm very excited. Okay, I just want to talk about it, because I saw a bunch of movies while I was in London. We just finished... Yeah, uh, I mean, you have to talk about the fact you were in London for six months. Right, I was away. <laughs> <laughs> and we, I was doing uh, the Fantastic Beasts 2, which was... Oh, man, it was wonderful. I just had like a, I had a great time on the first one. I had an even better time this time. And Oh, do I have stories about that one. Um, but uh, we're kind of on a time crunch here, so I'll, I'll, I'll get to that later, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, so, But yeah, I had a blast in London. I'm back. Some of the movies that I saw. Did you, did you, I finally got a chance to see War of the Planet of the Apes. Loved it. Loved all the new Planet of the Apes films. Oh Every one of them. Oh, God. Okay. I'm crying. I'm crying over the monkeys. I'm crying over the monkeys, Chad. <laughs> I know you're talking to somebody yeah, no, no, out but, there, I mean, but, but you realize they are circus. like CGI monkeys. I know, but you know whatever, whatever um, circus. Oh, he's Andy Circus in, in is his a, performance. Yeah. It just comes through. You see it in his eyes, and um, you just, you know, Caesar. Hey, spoilers! He just gets his whole fucking family decimated, <laughs> yeah. and you just feel for the guy and. Uh, you know, you watch the Planet of the Apes, the old TV series, which, uh, um, you know, we're all, some of us are fans of, and uh, they were the bad guys. There were only a few good guys, and and this, the, the apes are the bad guys, and, and, I mean, the apes are the good guys, you know, and, and you're rooting for them. Um, Woody Harrelson's performance, I love him. He, he can, man, he can just do anything. Um, he is so talented. Yeah. He I, is so, he's in that new film that you and I are going to be geeking out over in about six months' time. Which one? The Han Solo film. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's in Han Solo. Motherfucker! I know, the guy gets good roles. I am so excited for that. Oh my God, he's the best. Yeah. 
uh, Mike Mike C just walked in. Yeah, he's yeah. How you doing, man? Good to see you. Good to be <laughs> back here. Um, and uh, okay, you see the Dark Tower? Are you a fan of this? Uh... You know, I'm. I no, no, missed it. How was that one? Um, I I loved the books when I was growing up, so I, I went to go see it. I thought it was good. I thought I thought I, I I enjoyed it. I didn't know what to think. I just went in there, and um, I thought everyone did an excellent job, uh, and uh, I thought it stayed true to the original. Lady Bird, fucking go see it. I heard it's good. We just had Beanie uh, Who? in here. One of the actresses, one of the female actresses. Which one was she? Beanie, and I don't know the part she played, but she was talking mm. about that. My God, she uh, the whole cast was wonderful. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, man, she, Greta Gerwig, you know, she's like the modern John Hughes at this point. She just did an amazing coming-of-age movie there, and, and people have to go see it. Disaster artist, you see that? Well, hello. <laughs> uh, I haven't actually. That's on my plans to see it over this holiday upcoming. I'm, I'm okay. going to do like three movies in a row one day when I don't have the kids, and that is like number two on my must-see list. The the movie, what is it? The box, the, the room. room, the room. Yeah, the room. <laughs> it was always like this when I was doing Hysterical Psycho and putting, get, trying to get my movie out. Uh-huh. People were talking about this movie, The Room, and it was like, shut the fuck up about the room, you know? It was like, it's, and, and I, so it was always good, kind of like a like a oh, like you gotta see it. It's like the you know, the, the greatest, worst movie in the world, you know? And uh, so I, it's always been on, like, my radar, but I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll see it at some point. So I haven't even seen that. Now I want to see it after seeing The Disaster. I have it here. You have it? I have it, like, on these, com- I have it on, like, three of my computers right now. Awesome. Let's, uh, let's we'll, watch we'll figure it that out. Yeah, yeah. Hysterical movie. I was, it, a laugh out loud, almost every, it's rare that you have, because everything that came out of Franco's mouth, um, James. Yeah. Everything that came out of his fucking mouth was hysterical. Yeah. You know, it's rare you get a movie like that, where every line is funny. Okay, I saw The Last Jedi. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, we got, I'm bringing Kevin Smith in. Yes, um, I heard. So we're going to talk to him about that. Now. But that's not our mystery guest today. No, it's not. Yes. I offer the audience, we're going to put gaggles and gaggles of really cool, you know, fun artists on the show, and I think you guys are going to dig it, and uh, this season, and... So, um, what do you so think I, of, I, yeah. I, the last Jedi. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna fucking keep. No, I, I, I've been talking about it nonstop on my like Instagram page. I like, I've been trying to like, um, I, you know, just like dissect the whole damn thing. Um, I'll tell you, just my the short answer is there were moments where the um, the child inside of me was just beaming uh, with joy. I strongly recommend seeing this 4D because holy shit, the 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 dog fights are unbelievable. Yeah, I'd imagine this would make a good transition to that 4 3, oh, uh, 4D. 4D, holy yeah. shit! Uh, Force Awakens was amazing in 4D. This was even better in 4D. Uh, you know, you feel like you're in the middle of the fucking laser fights, uh, flying through the cosmos. God damn it! And then, uh, but I'll talk more about that. There are definitely things about it, like um, you know. Leia suddenly using the force out of nowhere. <laughs> the force float. You know, yeah, that was kind of funky. <laughs> that was a little funky. That was. What, what did you think about the milking of that weird beast for that the blue moment? Milk? That moment, you know, I just wish they put those udders a little higher. I just wish they had those udders just a little yeah, bit higher. I did not animal. think about that, but they were pretty they low. Were, they were like udders, but it was like imagine if a yeah. cow sat down on its ass. Where would the udders be? It would be coming out of its groin. Yeah, yeah Okay, yeah. so now there's milk. You know, there's Luke. 
just ugh, getting in there. It looked like the, it looked like the thing just had five fat dicks. Yep. And he would just. Mm, I wonder if he protested that. I don't know the blue milk, or he was just like, "No, let's get more blue milk. Yeah, let's do this." Um, I have a lot of theories. We could talk about it later, maybe yes. if if uh, our guest has a short amount of time. Okay. I got all this movie out. Uh, and we're basically on time here. This is wonderful. So the post. I saw it today. Spielberg's new movie. It's the prequel to um, All the President's Men. Um, if you haven't seen that movie, you should see that. Yeah, it's a must just for so many reasons. The Woodward, acting, Woodward and Bernstein. Yeah, the acting in the original All the President's Men is amazing. Um, and also to look at what America was like in the 70s, it yes. really captures... Spielberg did did Munich. I'm starting to believe that Spielberg is a is a bit of a revolutionary. Or, or I I'm because what the way that Munich ended, you know he was hinting at something, and this movie comes out just at the prime moment um, where we're mm, mm, drowning in fake news or the the concept of fake news. We don't know what the fuck is real anymore. And you have this story of the Post and um, the the newspaper that came to uh, that that became the Post. You know, they they were a small newspaper and they stepped it up right in the middle of um, the Vietnam crisis. And then, of course, if they didn't do that, it wouldn't have led to Watergate. And you know, it's. They are. It was a pinnacle moment in our history. This movie <clears throat> is taken on the industrial military complex, and uh, it's like I said, one of the most important movies of our time. So I think I think it's time to call my my friend who. Um, yeah. I think we better call Saul. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you like that? I lo- like th- you got to use that. I got How to say it. Fucking cool is that? <laughs> so uh, we're calling Saul. <laughs> we're calling Saul. All right, I'm gonna let you say hello and ask for him. Whatever. Right, here it goes. Let's ring it through here. Here we go. Uh, let me see if I can hear him. Okay. We better call Saul. This is unbelievable. You getting that ringing in your ear? Yeah, yeah. All right, awesome. I got it. Thank you, brother. Uh-huh. Thanks, Chad. Oh, here we go, man. We're starting. We're doing it. We're being. Is it, hello. Is it happening right now, dude? Dude, I've just. I, yeah. you know how I did this? I was just like, the setup was, okay, man, I better call Saul. And then people started, <laughs> people started, no, no, it was, it was a magical moment. And then here you are, Bob Odenkirk, I actually got to call Saul. Like, I got to, and I get to know you. Okay. <laughs> how the fuck are you, man? I'm great, I'm great. I'm, I'm happy that you're so uh, tickled. <laughs> Oh man! To uh, to chat. Um, how are you uh, feeling yeah. about chatting? Are you okay with it? Are you tickled? I'm 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 good with it. I always feel bad afterwards. Why? I feel like what did I say? I'm such an idiot. You know, I always <laughs> feel. I I search until I find something to regret. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm like. I that don't know too. about you. Do you do that? I do. do I get. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I mean, you're you listen. You're in. You're with friends here, brother. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I think you're great. And, uh, but um, I just, I just want to tell you, 
I saw. I just saw the post. I literally. I feel very professional right now. I just saw the post. Yeah. With my wife. Yeah, you did your homework. I did it. I usually have a couple days <laughs> after, and then I do a podcast about it. But I'm fresh out of that movie, and I'm. I still have the 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 tingling of. Uh, I was just. Oh, say, good. I was just saying how in, important um, this movie is right now, man, and. Um, yeah. It's here we are. And fun too, right? Oh God, the 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 one of the best ensembles I've seen in such a long fucking time, and and, and Spielberg's having a blast with the camera. Yeah, he's 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 moving it, man. Um, and he's it's moving it. It's classic Spielberg, but it's um, <clears throat> I and I say that in the best sense of the word. It's like, okay, let, yeah, he is. I I I said that this was. Spielberg's prequel to All the President's Men, yeah. essentially. And it's almost his yeah. sequel. Well, when did Munich happen? Munich, the way, I, I think that Spielberg's a fucking revolutionary, man. I'm, I'm like convinced of it. You know, he's, he's right there in the middle of all this stuff. You know, he did the end, of, at the end of yeah. uh, Munich, you know, he's, he hints at the fact that, you know, we have to, we need to question what the fuck is going on. And now you have this movie, The Post, that is talking specifically about the press being attacked. I mean, if the parallels to today are, are extreme. Yeah, they are. It's, at the same time, it's not a partisan film. It doesn't, it doesn't say liberals are right or even it doesn't fight. No. Uh, you know, I mean, it. No, it's about. I, I, I feel like it, people probably think it's a, uh, it's, it's you know going to come from a liberal point of view, but I don't think it is. I think it's just think about what the press, the job of the press, and how important it is, and how they need to kind of do it in a. Um, they have to uh, push the limit. And, and do things that um, they have to publish what they know. They have to publish what they know, even if it seems um, uh, dangerous or uh, might cause people to be angry or upset. I mean, we, we have a right to know what's happening in the government and the choices the government's making. And, and I, I think uh, that's really all it's saying. And, and I think what's really cool about it is, you know, um, well, the, the filmmaking is cool. The storytelling of it is cool. I mean, Spielberg just... Yeah, tell me about... He, he's just born to do that job. You know, he didn't have any storyboards. Whoa. He didn't have any plan every day. And, and Well, I guess he doesn't he have to. come in. He doesn't have to. His brain has every movie wow. ever made <laughs> in it. And it's crazy because every scene he would reference very often his own movies, but oftentimes other films too hmm. like he'd go we're gonna do a shot but they did this shot in and he'd name some movie i never heard of and he right. just knows every choice you can make with that camera and what it means and his brain does the math so quickly of running through every option and picking the one that'll be the most um exciting and kind of you know motivating a shot did you have to? Did you have to audition for this, or, or did he just say, "I love the show and I love you, and I just want to work with you"? I, I did not have to audition for it. How about that? Holy man? dude, I'm so. You know that, like, 
That's uh, that that is that's incredible. They just basically said, "Come and be this part." Not only did I not have to audition for it, the casting person, um, Ellen Lewis, said she never watched Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad. Wow. So I don't know why she gave me this part. I guess maybe she saw Fargo or Nebraska. Probably she saw Alexander Payne's Nebraska. And I also look like the guy that I'm playing. And everybody in the movie looks like the character that they're... Uh, the real person that huh. they're playing. So, yeah. I I know, um, wow, I know you don't want to, I know you don't like talking about yourself, but brother, I'm I'm telling you, um, knock on wood, come award season, yeah. I think you're going to be talking about yourself like, oh, like no, a lot. No, no. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that. Look, you're holding hey, your own, you listen, you're holding so your own like with. To be in these big you know what it's like. You just you just try to hang in there and do your best. And and I'm glad I I'm glad that people are saying I did well, and that's good enough. And I'm gonna back away. <laughs> I'm just backing <laughs> off into my corner, like quietly going. Oh, I got away with it. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. I'm in the movie. <laughs> I'm so thankful that you know it's it's not this story isn't. Uh, Meryl Streep is going to win an Oscar and Hanks deserves awards. And then they got this fucking Odenkirk guy mucking it up. I mean, no, I'm no, no. so glad that it's like, Streep's great. Hanks is great. I'm oh so, my God. I'm Odenkirk so proud of you. Really nice job. You know, it's just great <laughs> to just not be, a, uh, not bump anyone, you know? So thanks for saying that, but I don't, you know, also I think, you know, the part is, it doesn't really, He's a, he's a real guy, Ben Bagdikian, who I'm playing, and I wanted to do right by him. He he wrote a couple books on um, journalism, and I read his autobiography, which is a great book and a uh, great story. And I just wanted – he just really believed in getting the story and putting it out there and kind of doing the hard work of a journalist. And he loved doing that job, and I just wanted to show that. That's all I wanted to show, and then I wanted to get out of the way. And it was uh, nerve wracking. What's no, but then you're able. But what you're able to do. Job you've ever done. All right. Okay. Well, no. I I guess this is you know, um, fucking fantastic beast. Uh, Obviously. Yeah. Right. You're you're walking. Who's directing those? That's David Yates, who directed uh, several of the other Harry Potter movies, and it's like franchise. You know, you're walking in. You don't want to fuck up. Yeah. You know, and and it's it's big, and there's a lot of people, and there's a lot of extras, and it's period. This, this, yes, yes. So you were in a similar boat here, man, and and which is that's right. Which is why I'm that's right, and I'm so proud. And and it's (laughs) uh, thank you, buddy, and and I am equally proud of you because that series is awesome. And uh, but I know you know that feeling of like I we do a lot of stuff. You and I both like do stuff because we like to work. We like. We like what we do, but we come, and, um, but we come from silly comedy, right? And so does, and by yeah. the way, so does fucking Tom Hanks, man. Okay, yeah, and, and, yeah. and it makes me and like I'm, I get, I'll get emotional about it, thinking, you yeah. know, I used to watch Bosom Buddies, like like this, the guy from Bosom Buddies, you know, like was in this fucking, yeah. you know, his trajectory, and I look at him and I go, you know. I come from silly comedy too. That's where I got my start, and you got your start with yeah. Mr. Show. And God damn it, with you and David Cross standing next to each I, other, how did that happen? Did that just was that kismet, or like how did that work? Did you did you say let's bring in him, 
or or was he already cast or like I don't no. fuck. What? No. That was synchronous. First, they called and they invited me to do it. Yes. And of course, I said yes. And then um, about two weeks later, all this came together so fast. So about two weeks later, David called and he was like, uh, hey, guess what? I'm going to be in that movie, too. And I was like, Holy what? Shit. All right, cool. And then they called and asked me, "Do you are you okay with David? And you being in this movie together, not that I, right, had, right. I don't think they were offering me the power to say no, but they were offering, right. you know, do you think it bums you as an actor? Can you do it? Huh. I was like, Shit, yeah, I love working with David. Wow. Please. So then we got on set and Spielberg, we didn't want to, we didn't want to ask if he knew Mr. Show because <laughs> uh, we didn't want to create a problem if there, if he didn't. And it bothered him. So he just kept putting us next to each other. I, it, it's not, when you see the movie, you don't get a sense of it quite as much as when we shot it, where every scene that was a group scene, yeah. he would stick me and David sitting next to each other or standing next to each other. And, and, and we would just be in a room with like eight people, right? Those scenes were pretty populated. Yeah. And he would be like, uh, Bob, you and David, go over there. I was like, I would look at David Shrug, and he'd look at me and Shrug like, does he know? Is he doing this on purpose? He must have just sensed you guys were buddies. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. And then about a week and a half in, Zach Penn, who wrote Ready Player One and is a huge Mr. Show fan, came to the set because they're working on Ready Player One, which has already been shot. Yeah, Ernest Klein. um, Ernest Klein. Um, uh, he's a buddy of mine from Fanboys, that whole thing. Oh, yeah? Who? He, Ernest Klein wrote the book, Ready Player One. The oh, novel. Wow, that, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, cool. So how do you know him? Ernest Klein wrote the first draft of Fanboys, which was just like oh, yeah. cult movie. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, and uh, so that's how I know Ernie. <laughs> and now Ernie's yeah. fucking gigantic. <laughs> he's making this. I know. Insane. That movie Cute. looks cr- crazy. So, when, so, so anyway, Zach Penn like yeah. went crazy when he saw David and I next to each right. other, and Spielberg was standing right there, and he looks at Zach and he goes, "What's going on?" And Zach's like, "You, you've got Mr. Show. This is Mr. Show. You're doing Mr. Show." And and Stephen was like, "What? What do you? What do you mean? What's oh, going no. on?" He goes, "Well, they had a show. They had a comedy sketch show. It's great." And Zach was really excited. Wow. And then Steven said to Zach, well, do, do I have a problem here? Right. Because <laughs> we were a week and a half in. Dan, we were done shooting 80% of the group scenes at that point. And, uh, and then, thankfully, Zach said, no, it's, no. don't worry about no, it. No, no, no. People will love it. Yes, the people, the people that the people that notice it will be fucking rooting for it, and going insane for it. I almost think, they'll be jammed, but it doesn't wreck it. It's almost like you guys like manifested this moment from like a sketch from fucking <laughs> the nineties or something, right? When was that? When is oh it? my god! Right? How- we wanted to do a sketch so bad with all of us standing around in those suits <laughs> in that newsroom and all that old. Oh, what were we talking about? I, I I made notes of a bunch of of sketch ideas for the next with Bob and David whenever that can happen. What? Um, are you guys? So you guys are doing more? 
Mr. Show, or would you? I hope. I don't. I don't know. It's not. It's not. Uh, it was we so, don't have a. We don't, we're not doing it yet, but we want to do it, and I think we will. That show was so uh, think, ahead of its time, man, and it was like I assume you guys would do uh, long improvs and Harold's and, and just record everything and then just because no 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 we wrote it was traditional writing like but everything just writing. one uh-huh. thing would flow. I, into a I know. Co- something would even when be a commercial, and then the commercial would be the like a, a, the, the underlying theme and all fucking. They would just keep growing. You know what I mean? It was it was it was yeah. Yeah. special. It was like watching an improv. When it, yeah, when Mister Show works best, and I would argue that the show uh, it's called I don't know what it's called, but it's got the character of mediocrity in it. It's a great great half hour. There's there's two or three that are really perfect, and uh, and then the rest are trying, but as close as we could come. But um, well, the, yeah, the when it worked, it was perfect. like a herald. It was yes, it was exactly. exactly what a herald was meant to be. Yeah, and uh, yes, and, and and yet we didn't really do it from improvisation. However, huh. the, what what's really true is that we would write sketches and then we would put them into some. Uh, you know, into the, into an episode together. And what we found was that it was best if the sketches were not thematically connected, but better if they were completely different from each other in every way, like not about the same thing, not the same, not, you know, one's a broad sketch, one's a quiet sketch, one's a film, one's a live sketch, just really just as as much variety as you could put in one episode and then the part that maybe looks and feels more like improvisation is the part where you, you hook them up and you connect them up and you find things that sort of resonate from one to the next. Right. So that was the kind of place we got to. Um, it's very hard to do it and make it come out perfect. That's just luck. You have to just get lucky. Yeah. But you can do it, and it's still fun. And the best part of it is, you know, with sketch shows, you're you're pitching ideas in there and playing them out, and then you start again with a new one, and you kind of start from zero, which is exciting, but also you lose all your energy. And when you do this right, you kind of don't lose all your energy. You keep moving forward, and that's great. Let me let me uh, let me ask you about uh, the post for a second because the yeah. the ensemble like. Like first of all, you—I mean—you got the triumvirate, man. You got you got Spielberg, Streep, and Hanks. Like that's like pretty much the 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 pinnacle of casting right. there. Yeah. And you didn't have any scenes with Streep, right? Yeah. Or you, you no. But how was it with working with with Hanks there? You had that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I like Tom. Hello. You know Tom? I don't. I wish, man. I uh, I love him. I you know like I said, I've been I've been watching him <laughs> since Bosom Buddies, and like another guy who I'm just so. Well, I wrote. Here's Tom and I working together. Frankly, is a little weird because huh. Tom, I've known Tom for for thirty years. I've wow. known him for thirty years hmm. because I was a writer at Saturday Night Live when I was twenty five, and he was a regular host. Wow. And I would write for him, me and Robert Smigel and Conan O'Brien and Greg Daniels wow. would write for him. He was one of our favorite hosts, and we really got along. He was only a few years older than us, and he had such great energy for the show, and he was just a great guy to have host the show. So I knew him as a writer, uh, 
you know, knowing the host of the show. And, yeah. and then after a couple of those, um, when it, when I came to LA, I met him because of some projects that he wanted us to write. And, uh, I just met him once or twice and then I see him at events and I know his son, um, Colin Hanks, you, you know, Colin, right? Oh, I, I think I met him once. Yeah. I'm not, a, not, not as, but, yeah. yeah, I like his work. Anyway, yeah. it was just, Dan, it was weird to go from being a writer. Yeah. And I'm I'm acting with him, and it was weird. Yeah, because it's just a very different um, what was relationship, it? and right, you had that dynamic. And so, and, uh, it, yeah, yeah, you had that you had that dynamic from the writing room, and and yeah, yeah, and then suddenly you're playing a scene with him. Yeah, did did you it's feel that? A, it's it's a it's a really different thing because writers writers are kind of a little bit disengaged when they're talking to you. They're, they're talking to you, but they're also thinking in their head and they're putting sure. the scene together and they're refashioning things. And they're, they're a little bit removed and actors are the opposite. Actors are completely there, completely in presence with right. the other people that they're working with. It's a lot of fun, but with Tom, it was, it was like that thing of like, you know how it's almost like a family member. It's like you're with somebody you've known right. for 25, well, in my case, 30 years, and you know them this one way, and now <laughs> suddenly you're trying to be a different huh. you with them, and it doesn't really, It's you'd rather just, you know, it's like, oh, I don't know if I can ever do this well, but, you know, he's just the greatest guy. He's, he's, just, he's the nicest guy. He puts everyone at ease. He's the most generous performer. But you know um, what? I think I'm that a, I think I'm that, a weirdo. But I, yeah, but I think that yes, and I think that and I think that relationship was probably like a great little fucking secret you had in your pocket during. I was thinking back in the scenes you guys had together, and your relationship was kind of yeah. like that, where he was bossing you, like I like you know he was just like great, 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 get the fuck out of here, why are you here, you know, like that that kind of thing. Yeah. Where I guess that's a kind yeah. of you were you were his uh, you know you were his uh, you had to run and uh, run around for him and and uh, do a lot. I of, was his minion. Yeah, you're le- you did a lot yeah. of leg work, man, and and uh, so yeah. I guess I mean I guess that it probably enriched the performance, you know, knowing that it you, possibly did. Yeah, it, dude, it, it quite possibly did. But um, he's the greatest guy, and he made it as great as it could be. I'm the one who's got um, that thing of like. Right. You know, it's sure it's for 30 years. Like, Jesus. You know, your family knows you. Your family knows you as a certain kind of person. Yeah. And and then as in in public or in in a performance, you kind of you you're a different you yeah. and you want to separate the two. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like family. It's like yeah. if that's how long I've known him and how. But that's it almost feels like. You know, yeah, but that I, I think it. I think that really just like adds to the performance. Yeah. It's got to. Uh... Well, look, I, I I feel great, and I'll tell you, the person who made it all great is uh, Steven Spielberg because yep. he is so good. And I don't. All, all directors are different, you know. And you get to the set, and you try to figure out what they want, and you you try to get to that uh, place of. Uh, you know, uh, where you're working together and you're on the same page as quickly as you can. And Steven doesn't do any rehearsals. Do you guys do any rehearsals on, uh, 
Us? Fantastic Beasts. Depends on the scene. Like, um, usually, uh, no, um, because yeah. they kind of yeah. they kind of trust us, the main characters at this point. Yeah. We get on set, and they're just like, okay, yeah. you guys know your characters. You know what you're doing. But uh, if it's a, yeah, it depends on the length of the scene, I guess. Um, if it's a really heavy scene, they may. Well. Yeah. I mean, look. Uh, that's amazing. He doesn't fucking thing. rehearse. I mean, wow. Stephen trust Stephen trusted us. You know, that's why he didn't. Of do course, you have rehearsal. Seasoned but, ensemble. But the truth man. is, I'm used to rehearsals. Right. Okay. From... On Better Call Saul, we 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 run a scene five times before <clears throat> the cameras come out. Well, you guys are doing like extensive fucking monologues and like you know. That's true. Lawyer chat. That's true. Yeah, that's that's a lot of words. I know. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing, by the way. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Most <laughs> movie scenes are tend to be shorter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, that's what I'm used to. So I get to this set, and right. Stephen is like, all right, let's go. And the cameras are all set up, and he tells you where to stand, and you take a run at it. Right. And, um, yeah, it was it was nerve-wracking. <laughs> was it? Yeah, I bet, man. You, you were... Yeah. Wow, um, I tried to use it. Of course, I tried to use it. yeah, that's the that's what you have to do, and and I'm sh- and and yeah. and it added to the environment. Like that's what it is. Everyone in a fucking newsroom is just like, they're, 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 you know, everyone's on the scene of their fucking pants. You know, you gotta get it. You gotta you gotta get you just get it done. Everyone's on the seat of their pants. I don't even the fuck that means. So uh, yeah. Let's, yeah, okay. So this is interesting because I love names. And, of course, you know, the name Spielberg is, like, yeah. you know what that means, right? Mm-hmm. So Spiel is, like, play, yeah, you know, play. fun. Yeah. And Berg means mountain. So he's, he's like, fun play mountain. It's like he's he's become what Whoa. his name is. Wow. He's a mountain of fun. Yeah. Okay? So, yeah. So then I, I started, now, do you realize your name is, the, like, one of the greatest names on the face of the earth? Your name? Do you go by? Is it Robert or or Bob? It's Robert. Bob. I go okay. by Bob. Do you ever? Did you ever look into this dude? This is amazing. That well, I'm I mean, you. I kind of know. Yeah, Odin Kirk means God. old church, right? Odin. Do you know who Odin is? Oh, the oh, Norse. Okay. The Norse. The Norse god. Yeah. Well. Yes. Well, and do you? And right. do you know what? It is Norse. And do you know what yeah. Kirk means? It means church. Well, doesn't it mean church? Church, man. Your name is famous. Bri- okay, let's check it out. Robert means famous and bright. And your last name is fucking God Church. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's I can't. I, I, that's way too much pressure, man. <laughs> That is way too much. You have pressure. to live. You have to be. Let's name our child. <laughs> Brilliant God Church. Uh, no. Just, just let that sit with you for a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I reject that uh, responsibility. <laughs> you know, uh, you know what mine is. Mine is, um, mine is Daniel Fogler, right? So that's. Daniel is yeah. Daniel is fucking. Well, check this one out. Daniel means God is my judge. Jesus Christ! Oh my God! And my last name Fogler means bird catcher. So my name is God is my judge, bird catcher. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know how to take that. But my Star Wars. Yeah, I don't know what to do with bird catcher. It's funny though. It is funny, isn't it? You, 
so somehow your uh, <laughs> your go back generations they were the town bird catchers. <laughs> Yeah. Was, was the town having? They were having bird problems. Of, uh, Whoa, they were having bird problems. What? Or maybe I don't know. What that? Maybe they were talking about. I don't know what they were talking about. But you know oh. what my you know what my Star Wars name is? No, what? You know how you do your Star Wars name? You just t- say your name backwards. Yeah, it's pasta, right? Well, no, no, fuck pasta. It's it's <laughs> just it's your name backwards. So your name backward. My name backwards is Leenad Relgoff. That's my Star Wars name. And your, oh. your Star Wars yeah. name is, is Trebor Kriknido, which is fucking great. That's pretty good. You like that? Yeah, yeah. I love those. I like You know that. who has a very unfortunate name? Is uh, Stoolbarge. You know, <laughs> who's that? Stoolbarge. Stoolbarge, and who's that? He's um, <laughs> he's uh, isn't he? He's in uh, the post, right? What the fuck's his name? Yeah. Um, let me see here. His name is uh, James Stoolbarge. <laughs> let me see here. The post cast. Who are you talking about? I'll tell you right away. The post cast. The poor man's name. Is. Hey Dan. Yes. Who else do you know in the movie? Who else do you know? I know do you Rick know Cross at all. I met Cross once. I, I know Rick Holmes. You, you know Rick Holmes. He was part of your ensemble. Um, yeah. Which cool. guy was he? He was one of the guys uh, who was typing. Uh, I think at some point Hanks tells him to stop playing chopsticks. Oh. Um, Michael Stuhlbarge. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Stuhlbarge. He plays uh, the head of the the New York Times. Um, Michael <laughs> Stuhlbarge yeah. has the most unfortunate last name on the face of the earth, because you can imagine Stuhlbarge yeah. is is shitboat. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. Shitboat. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the shitboat. <laughs> He's a great uh, actor. He was in The Pillow Man. He was in the Pillow Man while I was on Broadway, and and he he did amazing in that. He won a Tony for that. Let me ask you something, man. So you're fucking, you're you're out in Albuquerque now. Where are you right now? I'll be in Albuquerque on January third. How the mm-hmm. how the hell is that, man? Say, so, do you know Philip Kasnoff? I'm sorry to distract you. No, not at all. Do you know Philip? Oh, I think you would know him. He uh, just does tons of stuff. And uh, what was he in? Was he in the out post? Of New York a lot. He he's in the Post, and uh, he plays Chalmers. He's the one who's typing all the time. Chalmers Roberts is right. a real guy, um, and, but Philip plays him. Tracy Letts is fantastic. <laughs> I, I don't know him that well, but Tracy Letts is fantastic. Matthew Reese is wonderful and hilarious. Oh God! Carrie Coon, Jesse Clemens. Yeah, everyone. Allison Bree is amazing. Please go see this. Oh, you would love Pat Healy. Do you know Pat Healy? Do I know Pat Healy? Let me look up Pat Healy. So great, and he knows he knows movies so well. You should have him on one time. Oh, I'd love you to. You won't believe how great. Oh, he is. I love that actor. Yeah, he's cool, man. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know the faces. The names are hard to, to stick in the head. So, you and I were in Take Me Home Tonight together. We had... Remember That's that? right. We, remember that movie? We we had that one scene, man. And I... 
I thought it was such a hysterical scene. They cut it out of the movie, but um, mm. you fire me, and I'm like weeping, and you're telling me, <laughs> you're, I think you say the word pussy in that scene like five million times. Like you call me a pussy. You say that the the whole the whole business of selling cars is about pussy. Like you like the. I thought it was one of the most hysterical fucking. Pussy, Barry, pussy. Uh, um, you're like, you yeah. know what? You know what? You know what? Selling cars is about Barry, and I'm just like, I don't know, giving people a vehicle. Pussy. Like, I don't know. It was very funny. I don't know why they cut it. Wonderful. <laughs> hey, do you? Uh, do you? By the way, I love that director, Michael Dowse. I love him too. Him? Yes, of course, he's great. And he's doing right now. He's shooting. Uh, uh, Fubar in Canada with Ooh. my friend David Lawrence. Great, I gotta call him. Uh, yeah, he's because. Uh, uh, and did you ever see It's All Gone Pete Tong? Of course, I saw that. Um, I love that movie because because Douse, because um, you know we're trying to get this uh, brother Sam movie made, which is about Sam Kinison, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. play Sam. And oh uh, wow. Yeah, That'd dude. Be great. Yeah, and uh, so Douse was, he he was. They were auditioning him to be the director of the thing as well, and you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. The script has changed hands a million times. It's gone to a million different places. It went away from yeah. me. It came back to me. Anyway, what yeah. the beautiful thing that came out of that was, Douse, Douse said, "I want uh, let's let's make a screen test." So we went to Dangerfields, and I just sat and I watched Kinnison tapes. Um, you know, for like two weeks, and we went up. And so, anyway, this there's this um, there's this Kinnison uh, screen test out there. You can see it. It, it uh, it's out in the world, and um, and I love working with Mike, and uh, I, I want to work with him again, absolutely. And he actually came. He actually came. We did take me home tonight together, and he came out to see me in Albuquerque there. And I want to ask you. I actually want to ask you some questions about Albuquerque because I'm very. Uh, I spent some time out mm-hmm. there doing fanboys. And um, yeah, and that I spent like two months out there. And how how long have you spent out there in Albuquerque, doing Better Call Saul? I spend four and a half months every year. Jesus Christ. There. Now. <laughs> I spend a long time there. What are your feelings about the Green about Show? About Albuquerque. About the green chili. About green chili. I like green chili. Oh, I'm shit. not for the red chili. Oh no, red man. chili to me is uh, oh no, just obvious and um, has no uh, texture to the flavor. Oh my god! So I say go with the green always, oh, and god. it's a big deal there in Albuquerque to to know which kind to choose. Oh god! And uh, I think I've I think I've I've clarified it for people <laughs> that green is better and we're done there's no need to argue it anymore are you uh, but um, aware of the proximity to area 51 i am i've never been there um <laughs> okay I'm, yes, I'm i'm aware of it i'm there's convinced a lot, a lot is made of it have you been ever been there hell no i am convinced because they when i was when i went there when i spent two months filming there in albuquerque at every meal they pushed 
the green chili on me. I, I, I ordered a chocolate sundae, a little side of green chili with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You yeah. want pancakes? Yeah. Green chili? No, man. You want some cereal? Green chili? No. And and when and they would look at me like I yeah. had eight fucking heads. It's got vitamin C on it more than a lemon. And I'm just like, fuck, I don't want the green chili. My stomach can't take it. And and every meal, it was just like, so is that is that true? They did they consistently keep pushing green chili on you there? Yes, they do. Well, actually, they kind of, they kind of, they just push chili on you, and they offer you either one at any yeah. meal with they coffee. Offer. You're like, you get a coffee, and they're like, "What's some green chili?" Right? Yes, whatever it is, anything. Um, Jesus, literally, man. literally. I mean, you're not. It's literally, they put it in shakes and stuff. Thank they you. And everything. They try to give it to you. Uh, Can I tell you a story? Yeah, they they just can't get rid of them. So I was <laughs> I, I was convinced. That there was some kind of like mind control thing going on where they were just trying to, you know, yeah. they had too many chilies. They need to get rid of the chilies. You know, everyone was making a wrong yeah. turn at Albuquerque going to Pismo Beach and it was getting fucked yeah. up. And there, yeah. and the, and, and I'm pretty sure it had something to do with Area 51 because of the, they just asked me so many times. And I was like, I'm not having your fucking mm. chili. I'm not going to have it. So then yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I'm leaving the place after two months. And yeah. I left my room a total mess, as we all did. It was just destroyed. It was like right. it was like the a rock band was yeah. living there. Anyway, so we fucking were leaving the place, and I wrote a note, you know, so sorry. And and I got breakfast that morning. It was the first time I got like room service. I got breakfast there. It was just terrible. And right. on my plate was an enormous green chili. Okay, it was huge, <laughs> and I'm looking at it. And I take it and I put it down on a piece of paper and I circled the green chili and I write a note to the maid. And I was just like, I said, sorry about the room and you can keep your green chili. Okay. (laughs) So then I leave, I got my bags and I'm, I'm walking out of the place and I go into the elevator and just as the doors are closing, I'm out of there. The doors are closing on the elevator. A hand comes in. And it's the maid, and she's holding the green chili. <laughs> and, she's, oh and she's holding the piece of paper, okay, that has the wet spot from the green chili circled on it. And she says, you don't, you, she says, you know one green chili? <laughs> and I'm sitting there looking at her like, I was like, are you, are you crazy? I'm like, let the door, I was like, let the door go. Let me leave. I got to go. I was like getting all paranoid. Oh, my God. And she lets the door go. And the door starts closing. And I, sw- yeah. I swear to God, the last thing I hear her say was, green chili, gestation period, more than two months. What? So, uh, my oh, friend. man. I think there's a reason that you're stuck in Albuquerque. Yeah, I ate too many of them. Whose choice? Get away now. Whose choice? Weird kind of gravitational, uh, psychic gravitational pull that if they get you to eat enough of that stuff, you you're, can't leave. You're locked in limbo. Just, just figure out how long you're there for. Like, who's decided Albuquerque? I know. Well, look into that. The truth is. That, that Breaking Bad was not set in Albuquerque originally. It was set in the the San Fernando Valley, if I'm not mistaken. Right. But then there was a huge tax break to shoot in Albuquerque, as well as these wonderful studios, Q Studios, which I don't know 
if you've ever shot there, but they're really nice. Yeah. And uh, and then also, admittedly, come on, let's face it, a lot of meth gets cooked in that uh, state. Yeah. And so it seemed like a good place, a perfectly legit place to go. And in the end, I think it provided Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul with like an incredibly unique Texture. visual uh, scheme, you know? I mean, the wonderful, it's a, it turns our shows into Westerns, you know, (laughs) these big, beautiful vistas, you know, mountains and shit. How's your skin? I just remember I just had to like bathe in like moisturizer for a week after that. I know. I know. It dries out. It's going to be really dry when I get there in the winter, but I love, I I love it. I've grown to love it. Of course. And, you know, you go to any place, yeah. you know, I you mean, make look, it home. you're stuck in New York, right? <laughs> yeah, it's home, man. I grew up <laughs> here. You know, this is, this is, I know it's fucking nuts here. We, I feel like this. Have you ever considered, have you ever considered moving to L.A.? You know, um, I, I love L.A. and I like, and I like going out there. Um, and I think that when I have um, the enough funds, I, I would love to have a place out there and be, be by coastal and I like I like staying at, at the hotels. You know, it's fun uh, when I go there. I kind yeah. of treat it. No, as, that's true. I treat it as a vacation. There's some, yeah, yeah. There's something to be said for uh, staying at the hotels, and this same is true of New York. When you when you go to New York, when I go to New York, and they put you up in a good hotel, I always like to stay at the Bowery. Yeah, it's so great. I oh, love it. Fuck yeah, the hotels here. I mean, it's a great city and. Um, man, you know, I, I've, I've been through a lot with this city, so, you know, it's, it's, it's home. I was in London, yeah. I was in London for a long time and I, and I was loving it there and I almost didn't want to go back. I didn't want to come back home. Yeah. A lot of it is because of, um, I just feel like, uh, the current, current, uh, administration has put a target on us, but, um, I, I just, you know, I, I didn't feel safe coming back home, bringing the family. But uh, now that I'm here and chilling, mm-hmm. I'm just like, it's good to be back with my people. And um, yeah, yeah. Um, How long do you go to London for when you shoot those movies? That was like six months, dude. Uh, this this last stint, wow. stint was about yeah seven months. The first movie was eight or nine months. I was crazy. Really? <laughs> and then you have like reshoots, yeah. you know, and not reshoots, uh, additional photography. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, is it a blast? Is it a blast? It's fucking great. You would be an amazing. You would you want to be? Would you want to be a character in it? I can put a good good word in uh, for of you. Of course I would. You would be of a great I like would. professor. I would love to. You'd be a great professor yeah. at like the Amer- American Hogwarts or something. Yeah. You would be hysterical. Would. <laughs> By the way, um, I love the coin bit at the phone in the movie. It's awesome. All the coins go everywhere, and yeah, I'm good. I'm good with pay phones and coins, yeah. and, and drop, dropping stuff. I, I think I did that in Better Call Saul too. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not mistaken. I feel like there's a yeah. You're always on a pay phone, and like yeah. <laughs> Call me from it's another a good number. Prop for me. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it works well for me. It's so I, desperate. I, uh, it's such a, a desperate. That scene was really fun, and Spielberg was like. I had like four or five phone calls in this movie, right? And so yeah. what's, what could be more boring than shooting somebody making a phone call? So, you know, <laughs> he's challenging himself with each phone call to do something more fun visually, to do something with it. And uh, He's still hungry. He's hungry, right? Time. And he ends, huh? He's hungry, right? 
Yeah. He, he yeah. Yeah, he's hungry to outdo himself and to and to uh, entertain himself. I mean, he's he's a he's a, a fan of his own efforts, and uh, he came up with that. Uh, it was this great shot that it's like an angled shot that that reflects my face off the um, metallic plate on the cover of on, on the front of the yeah. payphone and yeah um, and you, yeah he just man he just found that I mean that was not an easy shot to find it's hmm. a weird little thing to do that to stick the camera at an angle aimed up and then to have me stand in just the right way so that my face reflects right off this thing that isn't that reflective actually right it's not obvious and it wasn't planned so it was just huh. normal a normal payphone and uh but it's really fun and it really reminds you of like the conversation a movie from the 70s and, and of the fun stuff they did back then with the camera and he was as excited as anybody i've ever seen on a movie set finding that little shot I love that, man. I, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm so happy that you're, you got to, to work with him, man. I, I, I would, yeah. he, I, he's, it's an, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. It's, it's really, I'll tell you, Dan, <clears throat> I literally cried Yeah. when I walked away from that set. Oh. He gave a speech on our last day, um, where he, uh, he thanked everyone in this large cast and he said to us that it was the best ensemble he's ever had, which, you know, Holy come on, sh- think I mean, of the movies he's made and the, and the groups wow. of the actors that he's gotten to work with <laughs> and put together. And oh my God. he said that we were the best ensemble experience he's ever oh had. Oh, my God. Dude. And, uh, and it was just the most wonderful, wow. generous, gushing, and it made you feel so good to get these compliments from him. And... Walking away, the other thing was that, you know, we both get our asses kicked, you and I, trying to get projects done. You know, it just takes you years, and there's all this almost going to happen, it's going to happen, there's a producer associated, you're going to make it. And then when you do get it, you have so little money that everything is just stretched to the the max, you're just trying to barely get it made, and you're scared, and, and... so this set was so full of all the all the joy <laughs> that you think of when you think of your first movies and wow. you think of yourself when you started and how much you I'm sorry to cut you off. It, it was just filled with that energy that that beginners have. She, that's the weird thing. I mean obviously amazing. he's made thirty three features. But somehow it's like you're working with a nineteen year old kid who just who loves movies and who just got to make this movie today and is so happy. That, and, 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 and that's what it feels like. And it's amazing. It's, it's just, it's the best thing. I just walked away from that set. Thankful to have been in touch one more time with that energy, hoping, wishing and hoping that somehow I can retain some of it huh. in the next project I do. You know what I mean? Amazing. There, there, there was this moment that really spoke to me as an actor uh, toward the end. It's like one of the last lines in the movie where um, Streep is talking to Hanks, and mm-hmm. she says, she literally says, this is Streep, fucking Meryl Streep, like the most perfect, yeah. perfect actress you can possibly find. She says to Hanks, who's like <laughs> another unbelievable icon, she says to him, it's, 
it's it's not about getting it perfect. We're never going to get it perfect. It's about just keep on keeping on and keep on doing it. And that that's the fucking that's acting. I mean, you, 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 yeah. Yeah. you know, you, you, you're going to you as long as you keep on trying and trying and trying and they kick you and they push you down and you don't have enough money, but mm. you still put it out there and you still fucking get your, yeah. your voice out there. That's what it's about. That's the only mm. way that, you know, and then that's, 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 that's your trajectory. That's my fucking trajectory. Yeah. You never give up, man. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. And yeah. I love, the, yeah. I love the fact that the little girl is making, you know, She's we, yeah. she, she was given lemons and she's making lemonade, you know, the whole movie. And she's making yeah, money, yeah, shit yeah. loads of money and making lemonade. It's a good metaphor. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm so proud of the trajectory of your career, man. Oh. I just I'm I'm and I'm just excited for the future and and I want to I just can't wait to to work with you again on something else and yeah. Um, and what like. The first time we really met was uh, I don't know if it was the first time, but we were talking about this movie, Disco Sucks, which is like, yep, um, this great. That was the first time we met. I had written a script about this great DJ in Chicago who I loved when I was a kid. He's a great dude. He's still there, Steve Dahl. Crazy. And he um, has this. He threw this big event. Well, he didn't think it was going to be a big event. He thought it was going to be a washout, where he was. Uh, going to blow up disco records uh in in uh, comiskey park between games of a white Sox double header and it went it just was like massive it was massive yeah it was the epitome of like going vi- viral in the 70s right it would just went yeah. it was nuts yeah yeah nobody could see it coming over fifty thousand kids showed up and it was just <gasps> madness and yeah it was insane they, they broke down the the gates and they just came pouring in and uh and then there were so many funny aspects to it and it just got way out of control honestly somebody should have died there (laughs) but no one no one did but if you see it on youtube if if you go to youtube and watch you know disco demolition you can see clip packages from this night yeah and you you really if if somebody told you two people died you'd believe them um, because everyone stormed the field and people climbed the uh, foul line, and, and they were blowing up. And, they were uh, blowing up records, right? They were blowing up disco the, records. The, the dynamite. They used way too much dynamite. Uh, they they didn't measure it out right. I mean, the guy who set the explosives was a Vietnam vet who was an explosives guy from Vietnam, and nobody oversaw him at all. He just said, "I need this much," and he just set it up. And you know, it was a it, it, it just. <laughs> They left a massive hole in the field. There was record <laughs> charge. There's no way they could play another game. Holy and shit. it was crazy. And and so I wanted to write about that night, and it was a great. But that's that's rock and roll, man. Thing. It's, I hope I still get. Huh? It's rock and roll. I mean, what I loved about that script was that you harnessed the the idea of of youth and rock and roll in this one event and. He gave this speech. This is what I, re- I, I was like, yes, I want to play this part because of this one speech that fucking made me weep um, in this movie called Disco Sucks. I yeah. was reading this fucking monologue that I was weeping because it was basically about our losing our souls to, you know, the click track, you know, the losing our souls to, mm-hmm. to digital, technical, 
music yeah. and and mm-hmm. and it just spoke to me in like uh in in yeah. such a big way that and, and I think I don't I don't know man I think that's a message that we that we might need today I don't know if what's going on yeah. with that script Well I have you know the same producer who helped me try to put it together back then has contacted me recently because he still loves it and would like to make it. And that, and he's a real, he makes stuff, Bob right. Title with State Street Pictures. Um, I just haven't had time to go back. I think the script needs a rewrite. Um, and honestly, it's weird, but the post is a great example of, yeah. look at the story that they found in that movie. They found a story about journalism, about telling the truth, about you know going up against the government. They also found a story about a woman Meryl Streep's character, you know, trying to own her power. Right. And she's got this power, but she feels nervous about exercising it. And she doesn't feel justified in, in being basically who she is. Right. And, and so I think I need to find some story like that in this. And I think it's there. Yeah. You just got a story in there. Yeah. Come at it. Uh, what I is it like 10 years later? Yeah. Yeah. More. You, but, you come um, out with a more mature eye, yeah. and uh, I think it's got a lot yeah. of potential, dude. I think that, and if you talk to that producer, tell him I'm still interested. I don't know if you want to get Galifianakis or some shit great. or great. Steve. Yeah. <laughs> but you, I would love to do it. Built for that role. Yeah. I. I. I um. I, I. I still. I still like that a lot. I think it would be a great yeah. thing to do. Um. When do you go back to work? I go back to work in uh, a week and a half. I go back after the holidays. January third. I have to tell you, my friend. I don't know how many times I said it. I'm just so excited about what's going on with you okay. because I've been watching you well, since the I'm beginning. Just, like uh, I, I'm invested. Like, I'm invested in you. <laughs> all right, I'll try to deliver for you. You are. You are. <laughs> you know what it's like, Dan. I mean, we we. Uh, we just do what we do with our free time to try to make projects happen. And, you know, these opportunities to be a part of big projects, in your case, Fantastic Beasts and this Spielberg thing. I mean, you just have to wait for those things and hope they'll come along. And you can't make them happen. You know what I mean? You just have to stay healthy yeah. <laughs> and make sure people know your phone number so that that you can be there and well, but, you know, there's you you know you don't generate those in a way. You know, you just you do your thing. Well, yeah, you just keep. They you, well, you keep at it, and and you just just focusing on creating. That's what manifests these moments that you can either be ready for or not. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> things are good. Things are good. Things are good, dude. Yeah. Uh, you bet you're going to have some phone calls All right, buddy. come award season. You know yeah. what? Uh, I, I know you don't. I hope so. But uh, this was probably one of the best interviews uh, I've ever had on the show. And uh, oh, good. your friend, uh, my my brother Murray on the Goldbergs, uh, uh, Jeff Garland, says hello. He's on the yeah. show quite a bit. Good. And, uh, good. Yeah. Yeah, dude. All right. I'll let you get back to your amazing All right. uh, career. All right. <laughs> All right. Take care, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Wow. Holy shit. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, that was Saul. That was Saul. And he's so such a sweet guy. Well, that's what... I mean, and you're the same way. You'll never say this about yourself. You're just a guy. You know what I mean? 
but he is just that's you, you got exactly what you he presented himself the way you hoped he would. You know what I mean by that? I do. He's just so fucking I'm, nice. And I knew he would because you know, I I met him once during that uh, that first time I met with him at the Chateau Mormont, which was like this weird experience. And he'll remember it. It's like, I think I was there like 20 minutes late. It was a ridiculous thing. I was baked out of my mind. And, uh, and I got there and we were talking about this Disco Sucks script. And I realized right away that um, he's just a fucking nice dude. And, yep. uh, and, He's just one of he's just one of us. He's like one of the guys just trying to to do his thing, and he's he, and you know he's 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 had some ups and downs, and um, you know during that time uh, when he you know when I when I went to go see Disco uh, to to talk to him about that movie, um, you know we were both in in tricky parts of our career, and we, it was both the it was both a very like a risky thing and of course nothing ever came of it and now we are here we are and we're both in you know obviously a lot better positions in our career and it's just amazing that's the beautiful thing about this um that's just the beautiful thing about this this business and that you, you the reason you have to be nice to everybody is because the guy who's who's writing for you and getting you you know water and coffee one day that's your fucking boss the next day. Or that's the guy you're acting yeah. with in the scene. That's I the never thought of it that way, but you're absolutely right. I've seen it guy. happen. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're up against them, you know, come award season or whatever, how it works out. It's just, you just have to, it was so, man, I, I, I was, it was, there was a couple moments there where I was just like, I have to maintain. I have to maintain because <laughs> it was just like a very, yeah. it was very special, man. Yeah, well, I mean, and and I mean, Mr. Show. I mean, you could have done th- for me. Oh, of course. I, if I was, ta- I could have done four hours with him on Mr. Show. Just Mr. Show. Just Mr. Show. Just- every, I would have went through every. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, the yeah. show plays like an improv. Oh, it is. It plays like an improv. It's like I I can't believe that they wrote that because I just assumed. That they would, the two of them would go into a room because I would do this with my buddies, yeah. We, we t- you know, to generate material, and you just do like your own crazy improvs and make it like we, like I, I made up malarkey that way, and and uh, you know, Don Peyote was that yeah. in a lot of ways. You know, that's that's how we work. We you, you record the improvs and and uh, but I can't believe he wrote that, and it felt like you were watching a fluid on the spot. It was so yeah. ahead, ahead of its time. That was such a fucking pleasure. Yeah, that was all. That was a pleasure for me. Thanks for letting me uh, be <laughs> yeah. a part of that. No, I mean, Anytime. I get to I get to be a fanboy too. Look, uh, the man is obviously extremely talented. He got the Emmy nomination for Saul a couple years ago. I mean, you know, the, the Academy doesn't f- suffer fools gladly. They know they know good talent when they see it. Um, he, I I, I said it then like five hundred times. Like I'm just so proud because, like, it, it, I it's the same thing like I, I look at tom hanks and you know when when, when you're a kid and you're watching something like loot loot like uh mark hamill or something like it's wonderful to see mark hamill back you know and it's 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 um and you look at someone like tom hanks and i feel like you you, you feel like you own a piece of that person he was part of my childhood bosom buddies the character he played on bosom buddies was so silly and ridiculous and then Splash and, you know, Bachelor Party and 
Oh, and and the Money Pit, all the, these ridiculous movies. To say that that actor is the top billed actor in the Spielberg movie with Meryl Streep um, is amazing. And and I also think there's yeah. something to longevity and believing in yourself and putting in those ten thousand hours and really, I mean, I yeah, think but it's... you can, yeah, but you can put in your your hours, your ten thousand hours, just. I'm just going to focus on doing really serious work. No, man. You yeah. fucking started in the silliest, most ridiculous way possible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're, it's uh, when you come out of comedy like that, you have these guys uh, and you just know that they can do everything because they have, they, they have to understand everything. They just have, and you can see obviously in their work that they do. They just, they just get, um, Life. Well, I mean, yeah, Tom Hanks, the comedy. Then he did all those rom-coms, you know, Sleepless in <laughs> Seattle, and You've Got Mail, where he was like a leading heartthrob single guy. I mean, yeah, crazy. Right? I mean, yeah, that's but, another guy who can do anything, right? Yeah. Uh, so that was incredible. I feel like I, I feel like there's like a weird like, like fakeness to my voice right now. Is that happening? Is it? Am I just being crazy? Do I have a weird, like, am I putting on, like, a weird Dan voice right now? I don't know. I think, look, you haven't been behind that mic in about <laughs> yeah. a half a year. I think, you know, uh, you perhaps know that is. is. That's what it is. You know what it is? I know what it is. What's, what is it? I, I think that, you know, <laughs> it's usually more insane in here. And, yeah, I'm, it, and I'm smoking a little less pot. Yes. I think I'm more. You told me that. I didn't yes. believe you. I'm smoking less pot now, everybody. I just want you to know. <laughs> For now. I, yes. I, I I was just smoking a shitload. And, I mean, since I'm 15. And I'm sure I have. <laughs> just my, my veins are just filled with just THC molecules still. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that you could roll me into a joint <laughs> and smoke, smoke me and just get wasted. Just have a Darth Vader bonfire and just get wasted with me. But, um... Nope. My God. You know, we're going to have a Star Wars episode, uh, and I'm very excited about that one, too. Fucking yep. Kevin Smith, man. That's huge. Holy shit. Huge. He's the right person to talk to about that, Of too. course he is. You want to be on the board for that Hell one? yeah. You let me know when. All right, guys. This was a good one. Dan, welcome back. Thanks, man. It's good to be back. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bob Oenker. My God. <laughs>